Hello everyone and welcome to From the Heart, a podcast brought to you by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. My name's Josie Cooks and as we adjust to social distancing and working and learning remotely due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we're going to be sharing stories with you about our experiences as a way of staying connected and being in community with each other. the latest data from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, almost 1 million Australians have lost their jobs since social distancing measures were introduced to limit the spread of COVID-19. The impact of the economic downturn is expected to continue once job seeker and my seeker payments are cut back, placing a greater demand on social service agencies such as the likes of St Vincent de Paul Society. This week, our guests are Renee Cooper and Peter Howing from St Vincent de Paul, who have joined me to chat about what impact COVID-19 has had on the most vulnerable in our community and the type of support people are seeking. Hi, Renee and Peter. Welcome to From the Heart podcast. How are you both? Good, thanks, Tracy. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm glad you could come and join us. Would you like to quickly tell us a bit about your roles that you have at Vinnie's? And Renee, would you like to go first? Sure. So I'm the regional director for the South. So I work with Peter closely um, as his central um, council president and his, I guess, correspondence in Wagga Central Council as well. So supporting members, supporting volunteers um, and overseeing regional operations in, in that space across Wagga and Wollongong. Okay. What about you, Peter? Yes, I'm uh, Wollongong Central Council President. I uh, have been since the beginning of the year. Um, I work with Renee and we cover virtually the, the diocesan area uh, of Wollongong. Okay. So that goes right up to Campbelltown, right down to around uh, Aladala, that area, yep, to Wollongong. So would you say, Peter, you're more on a grassroots level to do with the support that Vinnie's offer people? Absolutely, yeah. All the Vincentians are, yeah. We do gra- grassroots level work, yeah, for, for, for St. Vincent de Paul through right. conferences. Okay, good. Um, tell me this what impact has COVID 19 had on the community, particularly the most vulnerable and disadvantaged in society? Really interesting, and I think it's a conversation that's happening across all of our conferences at the moment. The volume is actually decreased and Peter can speak further to that because they're seeing that at the the local level at their conference level Um, and like we've we've talked about whether or not that's there's been an increase in payments through job seeker um, that that's been people you know people are being able to cope so far and looking at whether or not the demand for Vinnie's foods or other services that we provide might increase in the coming weeks and coming months so obviously in terms of assistance wise um, we're not seeing a big impact or increase at the moment, um, but also, you know, people who are isolated. And so we're looking at how, how we can connect into those, those people in the community who maybe not be able to come into Vinnie's for support. Uh, yeah, so, so uh, at, at conference level, we usually uh, deal with people who live on the margins anyway. So the only saving grace has been uh, with the unemployment is that the job seeker impact payment has increased. So we've actually seen a decrease in the demand for our, our services that, uh, that impact directly on the people who come to us. 
However, these people, as I said, always live on the margins. And the problem for them is that, that, that their rent and their household costs are always going to be there. So if there's a, just a small hiccup with people in their, in their budgeting, um, they feel it straight away, almost immediately. So they did feel it positively because the uh, job seeker uh, payment increased. So we see less people asking for us. But in the long term, job seeker is going to stop and the unemployment is going to increase dramatically. So we're expecting a really big increase in people coming to us for help. Right. Once the job seeker... For payment reduces, exactly okay. right. Or even even when when the the concept of unemployment goes in, these people are stuck in uh, paying um, mortgages and, and and rents and things like that. They won't be able to cover that, even with right. job seeker. It's, it's going to be. It, I think it's going to be a huge effect. I'm really surprised. No, not 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 not. Mm, mm, not for the next month or so, but I think after that, it will definitely start to develop because see, they, people also got that payment, that's uh, yeah. $750. Now, to me, $750 isn't a lot of money, but those people who live on the margin, that's a real lot of money that they didn't have before. You know what I mean? So if, if you've got nothing on your budget and then you get that extra amount, that's going to put you through for, you know, you're not going to ask for help. It's when... These people don't ask. People that we see don't ask for help unless they really, really, really need it. You think, oh, people come. And we do have some of those that come in and become regulars, as we call them. But most of them, they just hesitate to ask. I found that out in the, in the bushfire thing. The people mm. who came in the bushfire who came for help at Aladala uh, uh, we were at, and they didn't know how to ask. They didn't know any, have no concept of where to go for help. They were completely lost. Whereas the people we normally see, they know exactly where to ask and where to go and what to do. But in a, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a funny concept that people just think that people just automatically ask when they need. They don't. People will go without rather than asking. Some people will. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that will be our challenge, won't it, Peter, moving forward yeah. to there's a new demographic that will need a hand up and yeah. and making sure that they do reach out for that support and not try to go it alone and, you know, bury themselves deeper and deeper so that, you know, making sure they're feeling comfortable and know they can reach out to Vinnie's for that support as well. But like you said, it's not easy for a lot of people to, to do that, to take that step. Yeah. Yeah, that, that grouping, you're right, Renee, that grouping that we're going to get in the next six months and over the next 12 months will have never asked before and we'll get them, a lot of them. So yeah. who's going to be in that demographic? Probably the people who are living on the margins anyway. People, the government was already talking about, has been for the last couple of years about people borrowing to the hilt, having all these mortgage repayments, right? Mm -hmm. One of their, one of their uh, people, one of the fam the household people loses their job, half their income is gone. What's the first thing to get? The, the mortgage won't be paid because people were already borrowed up to the hilt. It's, I reckon it's going to be a really, really difficult time over the next 12, 18 months, really difficult, because it's not that the interest rates have gone up, what the, they were worried about. What's happened is that half the household income is not coming in. And, right. It's funny, I think I heard on the news the Prime Minister used the analogy of, you know, the unemployment rate rises through an elevator, but, you know, to get that back down, you've got to take the stairs. So, you know, right. so the rate to, to get people back into employment 
is going to take a long time for people, you know, to get back. And, you know, they may never get back to that income that they once had. Mm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, whole standard of living right across Australia is going to have a big nosedive. That'll be unbelievable. Right. So tell me this. Um, we had remote learning, you know, happening in schools. Did any families sort of contact you in regard to support with internet services and so forth? Uh, at a conference level, no, no, no. Okay. And you've got to remember too, most of our conferences, or we're working on an individual level now, that our conferences aren't meeting anyway. So even the communication within St Vincent de Paul at that level is quite low. So I don't really have any direct uh, hearing of what's happening at conferences and neither do the presidents unless they make direct telephone calls to the members. Mm -hmm. So I haven't heard of that, but I wouldn't be very, I would, I would be uh, very surprised if there are people who we deal with anyway would have an enormous problem with, uh, with getting communication things and education done outside school using uh, laptops and things because they just don't have that, you know. So what services have people been accessing then? For most people, then they would be, what we've been doing is direct, direct help people who are isolated in their home. So we take food to them when they need help that way. Mm. Um, that, that is probably the main thing, just emergency food. People can't get out of their houses and we're delivering food. We're delivering that food that way. So mm. as I said, though, the, the calls have gone down. Um, we've got an emergency phone number but we're expecting them again to go up, yeah. And were you surprised by that? Uh, no, not really. Not when the job seeker allowance increased, like it almost doubled, I think. So that for those people who live on the margin, that's a lot of money. You know, that's money that they don't have. And probably we can't understand that, but they live on a budget anyway. And then when they get more money, then, yeah, they're very happy about that. But... That's not going to last. That's not going to last indefinitely. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of food, the Catholic Education Office have a really strong relationship with Vinnie's and particularly with the food van, the Vinnie's food van. So what impact has COVID-19 had on the Vinnie van service? Yeah, so the Vinnie's van service is still running, which is fabulous. Um, we've only had to cut one service down to Nara. Um, but we're actually looking at starting that up in the next couple of weeks, just to obviously restrictions with travel and things like that. So the Vinnie's van service is still running. Um, still, I guess the volunteer numbers have decreased, but we're still having our volunteer groups come and, and support the Vinnie's vans on those days. Um, and just, I guess, going to our reserve stock of volunteers to make sure that the van can still run and, and provide that service. So, so yeah, the van's still running. Um, through those, through those parts and um, our numbers are similar to what the conference are experiencing. That number of people um, visiting the van decreased at the very beginning, you know, taking, you know, adhering to rules about leaving homes and things like that. So um, I think the last probably week, um, our numbers have started to increase again, getting back up to that average of 20 to 30 people per night. So when I used to work on the van, the big thing was for people to come, not only to get food, but for the socialisation. So when you've been handing out food, what does that look like during this time? Yeah, unfortunately, that's been, I guess, one of the, the negative side effects of all the restrictions that are in place, that 
majority of what we all we can do now is provide takeaway um, and trying to reduce that service time so people don't hang around and gather in those groups but it's still with those volunteers and our staff you know just having that that chat as they're you know giving out that food so there is some social connection but obviously not like it it was you know prior to COVID. And what about now, Ro? You were saying how you've had to cut that service off. So how have the people in need been accessing their support? Yeah, so we've still got our NARA conference that operates. So, you know, able to provide those food hampers and food services to those people who need it. Um, so adding back that uh, Finney's van service will be great to those people who need that, ad that additional support. Yeah, okay. yeah. good to hear. So... I'm a big shop, um, op shop fan, and over the years I've bagged a number of bargains from the local op shops. Your stores are a major source of revenue for the organisation, and with stores being closed at the moment, how are Vinnie's generating any revenue and getting their financial support? Yeah, that's one of our biggest, the shops being closed, um, you know, is, is, is hurting Vinnie's and, and looking at, you know, our long-term sustainability. So really trying to, I guess, encourage people to jump online um, and, and make a donation that way if they can. Um, that's really at the moment because a lot of our other fundraising, you know, opportunities um, have changed the way in which they have to approach things as well. So really trying to encourage people to get online or, or to call um, to make those donations where possible or, or still donating their clothes. So when the shops do open, that there is, you know, that, you know, that our shops are, are stocked and they're ready to go to, for people to come back and, and um, yeah, get their bargains through the shops. So, Renee, how do the people make these donations? So, like, where, where, if the shops are shut and the village services are shut, where do they go? Yeah, so they've still got donation bins um, and some donation points at the shops. So if they jump onto the Vinnie's website, they'll be able to have a look to see in their local area um, where their, their local donation point is so they can continue to donate or they can wait back and, you know, until the shops are open again and, and donate into their shop. Okay. Yeah. So winter is quickly approaching and that means it's getting a little bit closer to the Vinnie's CEO sleep out. For the past five years, a representative from the Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong leadership team has slept out. And this year, Peter Hill, our new director of schools, was planning on sleeping out. So tell me this, will the CEO sleep out still go ahead? And if so, what will it look like this year? Yeah, so the physical sleep out is not happening. So across Wollongong, across Sydney, across all the sites that do the CEO sleep out. So they're, they're giving a go of virtual sleep out. So I think which, which is great, it gives more people an opportunity to join in um, and experience that. So it's still happening on June 18. Um, and there's, they can get that information through the ceosleepout.org.au as well to you know, how people can get involved and learn more about homelessness in their local area. So virtual sleep out is occurring where people are still raising funds. So once again, like we said, with the shops being closed, um, having the virtual sleep out still occurring is really important to ensure that, you know, those funds are still coming into the society. So tell me that, what is, when you mean by a virtual sleep out, can you sort of explain that to us? Yeah, so what people will do, they'll set up their own, I guess, experience, whether it's they might choose to sleep in their car um, or, you know, you know, on their couch to replicate, you know, the, the different types of homelessness that people experience. So we know that couch surfing is one of the, 
the biggest forms of homelessness. So yeah, whether it's on their couch, whether it's in their backyard, whether it's in their car, whatever they choose um, to do within their, their own space, within their own home. Um, and then they can link in um, with each other and we'll still have a host for the night. So they're joining in to, um, to that, um, that gathering, but just in a virtual sense. So when obviously they jump into the CEO Sleepout uh, web page there, they'll get some inf more information as to how that, you know, the logistics of the Sleepout, how that occurs. What about those who are suffering from homelessness? What impact has this had on them? See, that's absolutely amazing too, you know, because I noticed, and I don't know this from first-hand experience, but I noticed on the news now that all the homeless people are really well provided for now because they put them in, into hotel rooms in Sydney and mm -hmm. found accommodation with the coronavirus. Exactly what should, be, should have happened. Like years and years ago, these people should have been provided with housing. So they're actually giving them a room to get them off the streets because of the coronavirus. So that's an emergency measure. Again, how long that'll last, the benevolence of that from the government <laughs> is amazing. And I think that's it. It's the transition. They've, you know, rushed them into housing and finding hotels or finding whatever housing available. But then what does the transition look like once the emergency yeah. is over? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. so do they just go back out onto the street? What's, you know, what does that look like? What's, what supports are put around those people um, who've, who've just been, you know, living under, you know, shelter and having that safety net, you know, so yeah. something else to come a bit further down the track. And yeah. also too, the psychological impact that that'll have on people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So Peter, this one's for you. The COVID-19, the economic downturn due to it, is that going to have a big impact on the likes of Vinnie's? Is that a concern? Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a, it's a long-term thing. We've, never, we've, we've actually been hit by a, a double whammy here because we're not getting any monies in, but we're expecting to be paying out a lot of money with services over you know, the next couple of years. It's not going to end in six months' time. Um, so most of our income stream has actually dried up now. We, 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 our conferences collected their own money at all meetings, so members can't contribute that way. Uh, the schools have closed down. We get an enormous amount of help from schools. It's just absolutely amazing, and we can't function without them. And unless, when, until they come back to school, we've, we've lost all that as well. Um, and added to that, we're expecting a big individual demand on conferences. So yeah, it's a bit of a problem, but I'm sure we'll, we'll work it out. So how do you think then um, you'll be able to provide the support? Well, I suppose, I mean, the state, state will have money. We've always come to the party. You know, we, yeah. you know, we, we have got monies. Uh, we just haven't got monies coming in. <laughs> to replace that money. But yeah, no, we'll be, we'll be there. We, we are always there. We were there for the fires right through. That was a big drain on our resources and we'll get through this as well. So the Catholic Education Office has had a really long-standing mutual relationship with Vinnies, particularly through our mini Vinnies programs and the ongoing support of schools that you just spoke about that you're desperately in need of. So with so many families financially affected by COVID-19, what impact do you think that this will have on the school involvement and the support that they provide to Vinnie's? Uh, well, we, we, I'm sure we can always, 
we always get help from the schools that they the principals of this and the staff just bend over to help it's just absolutely amazing the, I th suppose the issue is that the kids aren't going back to school, but they will go back to school eventually. And I think there'll be no, there'll be no issues with that at all, because I think it'll just start flowing again. It might be later than we were expecting it, but it'll, it, they'll help and they will help. I'll come to the floor. Yep. I have, have no problems with that at all. Well, the winter, the Vinnie's winter appeals sort of start soon, isn't it? That's in June, I think, I think. Yeah, yeah. well, that's another issue too with the churches because a lot of, mo a lot of money comes through churches in the winter appeal with, with collections. Now, with no, no church services, no masses going, <laughs> we're expecting that um, uh, that will dry up too. That's, 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 that's also a big issue for us. We're going to do an envelope collection and uh, somehow get envelopes out to people if we possibly can, but... Uh, yeah, it's going to have to be, at, rather than at a group level, it's going to have to be at an individual level and how to contact all individuals is very difficult. Um, but we're working on it. And what about from schools? What sort of support, um, particularly for the winter appeal, would you need from them? Well, probably the same support they give every year. They give practical support. Uh, they, give, they bring in goods, canned food and everything like that is also... Uh, I know the DAPTO conference, uh, because I'm part of DAPTO conference, the St John's School every year supplies an enormous amount of food during winter, but they, um, they also help with financial support. I think we'll get that, but I think we'll get it later when the kids, when the kids go back to school and everything starts flowing again, and that will happen. Yeah. And what about like the likes of blankets and so forth? The same thing, yeah, they, they supply that. And it's the same, the churches are a picking up point for us. So people bring it to the church foyer and leave things in all the churches. And we're missing out on that too. But I think once, once things ease up and the church services start again, I think we'll get it all, but we'll get it later. Schools are amazing, aren't they? And yeah, no, you, yeah, you can't. The, the, Absolutely. Honestly, St. Vincent de Paul would just completely collapse without the support of the parishes and the schools. Yeah. And the kids are so generous. They really uh, get into it. Not only generous, but very keen. Very keen. Just just um, amazing. I've got a, a granddaughter in uh, uh, in the school and they all seem to join Vinnie some, at some stage and are always very keen. To uh, join organisations like that, they're giving. Kids are giving anyway. They, yeah, the social welfare part of the school program, the social justice part of the school programs in Catholic schools is fantastic. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you agree with that, Renee? Oh, absolutely. I just I know from my previous experiences being a teacher that, you know, that you don't have to ask twice. That kids, it's just that you know, it's so natural in them to want to give and help others. Um, you know, so I think schools are often, you know, seen as an underutilised resource and, um, and we, you know, continuing to build that partnership and relationship. So, you know, the students understand, you know, the, the impact that their good works are having as well and, and how important they are to, to Vinnie's and, and ensuring that, you know, we can provide that support to those people who need it. So they're, they're amazing. Yeah. So tell me this, both of you, through all of this, what moments of grace have you seen from people? What a really nice question. <laughs> I do know what I think it's, and Peter touched on it before, you can just, those general interactions of, 
you know, that shared smile of realising if you're about to, you know, run into someone or get too close to someone and you both take a step back and smile and just kind of share that moment. I think that's that's been really nice that I think everyone in the communities is going through the same thing, everyone sharing that. So I think that's that's been really nice, I think, to see to see amongst the community. Yeah. What about you, Peter? Yes, no, at an individual level, like I said, our conferences aren't working, but we have emergency numbers and people ring. So our Vincentians go out as individuals rather than through the conferences. And I've heard some tremendous work being done about people. Even the simplest thing, like uh, we got a call uh, two weeks ago from a person who had run out of toilet paper. And so... Oh. One of the members went around and they couldn't find toilet paper. And eventually, I think they got two or three rolls from somewhere and they took, them, took it to the people. So things, lots of things are happening at an individual. We haven't closed down. Lots of things are happening at an individual level. Yeah, it's really, it, it is good. I, 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 yeah, it's, it's not fun to go through, but it, it hasn't brought out the word. We see the worst in people on the news and everything like that, but... Overall, I reckon it's brought out a lot of good things in people. Yeah. It brings out the Vincentian spirit in a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> now, before we go, do you have any final words that you'd like to say? Oh, I'll kick off. Um, I just think, the, like we said before, that the, the schools and the education office, um, you know, we're really grateful for the support they've provided in the past and we know that you guys will continue to provide. So... We're just really looking forward to continuing to build that relationship and, yeah, and looking forward to continuing doing the good works that, that we can do through your support. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I was just talking to Renee the other day and we're very lucky in the Wollongong Diocese with our connection to the schools. I don't know if uh, other councils are exactly the same as us, uh, but certainly I was saying to Renee, our conferences and our schools are very closely connected and we've got a fantastic sort of networking system going. Uh, we can build on it, but I'm really pleased with the way it is. It has developed and is developing. And that's in gratitude to uh, who, whoever runs the schools and also to the conferences who try and make connections with the schools. Uh, so I, I'll give a, a big tick to the school principals and the, um, and the bishop as well for their for his contribution to just giving us a push every so often, which I know they do. Well, I think the relationship is just as valuable for the schools as what it is for Vinnie's too, though. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, it's good for the kids, yep. Because I know with the Mini Vinnie's program, the kids got a lot out of that. Yeah, they do. And they, they, they soon learn through that that there are people in need even in Australia, I think sometimes through the missions, like that, which is a good program too, they understand that overseas people need food and need help. Uh, they also, through our programs, realise that there are people who are their neighbours who might need help too. And it's a wonderful opportunity for children to be able to put their faith into action. Mm, yep. Social justice, as I said before, just amazing in, in uh, Catholic schools. Yeah, they do. They do it very well. Well, Renee and Peter, thank you for taking the time out to chat with us. I really appreciate it. And thank you for everything that you do out there on the front line, helping those who are most in need. And if anyone would like to donate to Vinnie's, please go to www.vinnie's.org.au or call 13 18 12. Thank you, Renee, and thank you, Peter.
Thanks for having me. This podcast was produced by Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. Music provided by bensound.com. I'm Josie Cooks and thanks for listening in. Join us next time as we talk to other members of our Catholic school community about finding hope in the midst of our new normal.